Father, we thank you that as we come before you today, we have uh, wonderful truths that we're about to expose and to uh, inquire about to bring us closer to you. We thank you, Father, that you're a good God, that you love us. I ask you, Holy Spirit, just to guide my mouth and my heart to speak your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to look at, for the next couple of weeks, the Word of God, our foundation. Amen? Do you know that's our foundation? It's what we believe, it, what causes us to move in this life, to have hope, to have uh, a life in Him. It, it's the foundation for our Christian life, for our Christian beliefs. We don't just, like, make things up. I, you talk to some people, they say, well, I think this, or I believe that. But what is it founded on? What are you basing your belief in? I like to base my belief on the Word of God because what the Lord has said, that's what we have to believe. Some people say, well, I just don't know if the Lord has forgiven me. Well, the Bible says that He has forgiven you. So if you don't believe what He said, you're calling Him a what? Yes. You're holding on to your own beliefs. I like some people, like one person said, said he's a friend, he's a Jewish guy. We play basketball together, and he asked me a couple questions, and he said, first, uh, why did God make us anyway? That's an easy question, right? God wanted to share his love with us. He wanted to share his nature. He wanted to have fellowship with us. Then he asked another question. He said, well, if God knows, you know, everything from the beginning to the end, he knows what you're going to do before you do it, why did he make Adam and Eve so that they would sin? That's a good question, isn't it? A little harder one to answer. He goes... And, you know, the way he was talking, God set him up. God set him up to fail. Well, you know, you can look at it that way. So I had to dig down deep and try to figure out what really was the reason, I mean, what was the reason for this? And I found this in studying it, that God gave humans a free will right? To choose to love him or not love him, to obey and not to obey. Just because Adam and Eve messed up doesn't mean that the rest of humankind didn't get a chance to serve the Lord, right? If he, if he didn't create man, they, they wouldn't have a mankind for the rest of the world, for the rest of the life. But just because, the, because Adam and Eve messed up doesn't mean that we all don't get a chance to serve the Lord. Isn't it, does that make sense? So he looked at him, hmm. But he, he liked to think, well, I think this. Well, I believe that. I go, well, because he, he says, all of our days were written in a book, right? I'll, I'll, he says, That's, that means that it's locked in, that everything that we do is already predetermined. I go, no, no, no. It's not predetermined. It's the foreknowledge. God knew what you were going to do before you did it, and then he knew, so he put it in a book. But we still have the choice, the free will, to decide who are we going to serve and who are we going to live for. Understand? Isn't that good news? But your day, your, he already knows what you're going to do. He knows your time. He knows your appointed time. He knows everything about you. He's not trying to uh, change you or, or, or change your, your destiny, but he says, I already knew what you're going to choose. You have a free will to love him. He, he wants you to love him. He wants to give you that free choice. It's like my wife. She said, well, you, 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 I said, why don't you do some of the things that I'm asking you to do? She said, if I did everything, you wouldn't be happy. I go, Oh, I, I, I think I would be happy. Let's, let's just try it, you know. So you don't want somebody that's just a, a robot, a, you know, just a mechanical wife, you know. And she's probably right, you know. But you want someone to love you because of who you are and because of what they want to do. Isn't that so much more fulfilling than 
orchestrating somebody just put a, 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 a nos, a, you know, a, what do you call it? Yeah, you know, a knob, you know, okay, love me really good today, okay? <laughs> but when they do it out of the goodness of the heart, you get encouraged. So anyway, God wrote his promises to us on paper, in a book, so that we could go to them and reference them, and we, wouldn't be, we won't be misunderstood, or he wouldn't be misunderstood. You wouldn't be in confusion to think, well, did he say this or did he not say this? He wrote it down so that he can be held accountable. How would you like to have all your words written down so that you're accountable for them? I wouldn't like that too much. Did you say this? No, I, I didn't say that. I said this. Oh, let's look back and see. Oh, you did say that. And that's what God could do to us. But you know what? We have the same promises that he gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same promises that he gave to Joshua, he gave to us. He told Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. As I was with Jesus, so I'll be with you. Amen? We can take that to the bank and say, okay, I know what God has promised us. So when situations don't look right, amen? You ever been there? You got a pain, you got, a, you got something that's bothering you, your finances are not where they're supposed to be, your relationships with your children are not where they're supposed to be. You, you can go to the scripture and say, let God be true and every man a liar. So when the doctor and the banker says, this is wrong or that's wrong, you don't have to take what they say. You say, I have a God. I know a God that has made a promise to me that he'll right every wrong. He'll cause me to have uh, freedom in my body, in my finances. God is working together for my good. Amen? Amen? So you can change things with what? The Word of God. The Word of God will change things. It's our foundations. The whole world was created by and with the Word of God. God spoke it and it came into existence. Isn't that amazing? Now, have you ever realized what creation is all about? I mean, how big and how vast it is? I mean, you look at the sun, there's a beautiful couple of, uh, uh, what do you call it, when the sun goes down? <laughs> Sundown, yeah. Beautiful. I looked at the sun, and, and I, I looked it up. You can put 1.3 million earths into the sun. That's a, that's a pretty big sun, isn't it? Million. 1.3 million of our earths into the sun. That's how big it is. And all God said was, let there be light. <laughs> made the big light and the small light. And then it's, I'm looking at this. I go, well, how big is this creation anyway? The, it's, it's, there's like a billion galaxies, 100 billion galaxies. How in the world could that be? How could that have, you know, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, we have Saturn and Venus and Jupiter and Plato, Plato? no, Pluto, Pluto. <laughs> And, and all those, I need help, uh, Isaac, if you can, you know, just jump in when you can. <laughs> and, and that's just our galaxy, but there's 100 billion galaxies. All God said was, let the earth and, and heaven and earth be formed, and bam. And they keep, they keep studying it because the earth keeps expanding. His word doesn't stop, it just keeps on going. So I'm thinking to myself, if that's the kind of power God has in his word, and we have his word, we can speak to situations and cause them to change. And like Pastor Charlie and I were talking about earlier, sometimes they don't change right away, and it's very frustrating. You know, heaven moves faster than what we do. We're in kind of slow motion, it seems like, sometimes. And you pray and you're waiting, God, when? God, when? But you just have to keep believing that what we spoke is going to come to pass. It's a seed that's been planted, that it's going to grow. 
We just have to be patient and believe and know that God is working for our good. Amen? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.16, all Scripture is God-breathed. That means it has God's life on the inside of it. When we take hold of it, we make it ours. It produces what the Word of God says. It's seed that's planted that produces. Praise God. Now, they, all, they say that you know, the Bible is just a book. It's just a book. Well, let's look at this here for a minute. It's actually 66 books written by 40 authors all over the world. Well, 10 countries at different times. There was kings, priests, shepherds, fishermen, a physician, a tax collector. Over the span of 1,500 years, and they all are separate, different times, different places, different languages, and guess what? It all meshes together. You can, a prophecy that was done in Genesis can be realized in Elijah. Something that's been done in, in Elijah's time, Jesus made it fulfilled in his time. How does that happen? How do you have a book that foretells and forecasts what's going to happen hundreds of years after it's been spoken? There's no other book that does that. There's 1,817 prophecies that are being fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled. And so this is the confidence that we have in the Word of God. It, it, so what is a foundation? Foundation is something that you build something upon, right? It's, some, it's something that's laid out that you, you, you make so important that that is your main focus and how you build upon it. A metaphor is something that is stands or support, supported. And so there is a song that we sing all the time. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. You know that song? On the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You guys are pretty young. You don't know that song? That's an old song. My, my, my. But it's true. When you, when, you, when you have problems or you have situations, I go to the rock. I go to the rock who is my foundation, right? I, I, I don't look at what's happening. Sometimes you feel shaky about things. Sometimes you feel like things are not working out for your good. You, 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 have, you, you feel uh, uneasy. You ever feel that way? Like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. It seems like I'm moving, but it doesn't seem like things are happening my way. I go to the rock. I, the other day, I was feeling that way. I went to, I said, I got to read something in here that's going to settle me. And I looked at Psalms 23. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I said, I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to hang on. I'm walking through. The, I did walk through some valley of the shadows of death. And I said, I'm not leaning, looking or leaning towards that. I believe that the Lord is with me. Praise God. The Bible says, no, other, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. I have this, I have this scripture that when I first saw it, I said, my Lord, this is such a good scripture. I held on when I was first uh, being um, first being saved. Amen. Remember when you first were saved? You saw all these wonderful truths in the Bible. You said, "Wow, this is fantastic!" Look at this one here. The Lord is my rock. This is Psalms eighteen two and three. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. 
in whom I will trust. My buckler, and that stood out to me, buckler. What's a buckler? Buckler is something that protects you. My buckler. The horn of my salvation, my high, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Isn't that nice to know? that you have a protection, that he says, I'll, I'll, I'll be your strength, I'll be your deliverer, I'll be your fortress. You can trust in me. I am the horn of your salvation. Praise God. So we can trust in the word of God and believe with all of our hearts that he is going to come to our rescue according to what he has said and what he believes. I skipped around a little bit, so I'm going to see where I'm at in this. Let's go to... Um, Let's go to um, the 10. I have eight things that the Word of God provides for us. You ready for this? Bring it, Pastor. Okay, I'll bring it. Okay, let's look at the first one. In it, God is able to, number one, bring you salvation. Isn't that good? We didn't know where we were going, what we were doing, and someone came and he showed us the Word of God that he loves us, he cares for us, he died for us, and that you can have eternal salvation with him. This, to me, was good news. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and bides forever. So I looked at those two words. You got corruptible and incorruptible. Incorruptible means that it doesn't change. It keeps its value throughout for forever, from generation to generation. Your parents can get saved. You can get saved. You can pass it on to your kids. They can get saved. Incorruptible means it never loses its power. Now, corruptible means that it, it, sometimes it'll fail. You ever go to Home Depot and you, bit, you get some seeds or you get a plant, and they say, we'll give you a guarantee that if it doesn't last or doesn't survive, bring it back and we'll give you your money back. God said, you don't have to worry about it. Everything I give you is good. It's good seed. It'll be planted in your heart and you'll see it grow and it'll grow and it will grow. So when it's planted in your heart, it will, it will, you'll never get a bad batch. You never get, get saved. You know, I just, I just don't feel like I got all of it. I don't feel like I'm really saved. Oh, yeah, you got, the, you got the Word of God. It's, it's, it's incorruptible. It'll always produce after its kind. So whatever you're believing God for, the seed that's in the Word of God will produce. Praise God. Let me see a picture of this. This guy is like, What? You mean that all my sins are forgiven? You mean I can have eternal life with him that he actually loves me? God loves me? I remember I ministered to this guy who was getting ready to die, and I said, do you know where you're going after this life is over? I thought it was a good time to ask him since he was going to be gone in about a month or two. He said, no, I don't really. I go, well, let me show, let me share it with you. I said, you, hey, you accept the Lord in your heart, and you'll be saved. All your sins are forgiven. He goes, you mean all the years that I've spent sinning, because he was like 60 or 70 years old, get wiped away in one prayer? I go, yeah, that's good news. So he prayed, and the Holy Spirit came and just filled the room. His wife was shouting and jumping for joy because the Holy Spirit was there. She could feel the presence, and he goes, this is amazing. I go, why does that happen when you only pray one little prayer? I said, it's the goodness of, and mercy of God. He loves us that much. That's his promise. It's written down. And so we can bank on it, believe in it, and trust in it. So here's a guy that's believing that God will save him. Second thing is, we can believe that he's able to nourish and help you to grow. 
1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We're supposed to grow. Amen? We get saved. We don't just come to church and then that's it. No, you get saved and you continue to follow the Lord and let it water you. Let, your, let that seed that's been planted in you grow. Just like we have plants out here, we have grass out there that people say, Pastor, you have a green thumb. No, I don't. I have fertilizer, you know. I have water, okay? We water, we fertilize, we tend it, we plant seed, and it grows. So you can't just say, I'm, I'm, a safe, I'm Christian, but I'm the same. No, you have to put something in. You have to put the Word of God that will nourish and cause you to grow. Because a baby is supposed to, what, continue to drink milk. If you don't drink milk, it won't grow. And so we have some Christians that are not drinking their milk. And guess what they are? Babies. Let me look, look at this picture here. There they are. Is that guy here in the service? No, I don't see him. <laughs> they hurt me. They said something mean to me. Things are not working out. The pastor, he ignored me. Oh, this is so terrible. I can't believe what's happening. Somebody sat in my chair. I can't believe it. Not at this church. Maybe at others, you know. <laughs> so we have to believe that uh, we, have to, we have to grow. We have to be, to be able to absorb unfortunate events, situations that rub us the wrong way. You know, I've had pastors tell me all kinds of stuff. I don't that go over my head. I, I know what God has called me to. The, the pastor that I was serving when I first got saved, he said, you'll never be a pastor. That's what he told me. You'll never be a pastor. But you know what? It wasn't long, maybe a year later, he said, the Lord told me that you're supposed to be a pastor, so I'm going to ordain you. Reversed what he was thinking in his mind. Amen? I didn't, it didn't bother me when he said, my wife says, how do you feel about that? Not, no problem. We'll see. We'll show him that the Lord has a plan for me. Praise God. So you can't be crybabies. We're supposed to be more mature this year than we were last year. We, we should absorb false things that people do against us, things that don't work out. We're supposed to be able to be strong and say, well, bless God. God's got another way. God's going to make things happen for our good. Amen? Praise God. We're and we're supposed to help people that are less fortunate. Did you know that? You can't be just stuck on your own way. Well, me, myself, and I. No. What about me? What about me? What about me? No. What about the work of the Lord for others that are, are less fortunate? Praise God. Then third thing is, oh, let me see a picture about that. I'm sorry. Oh, we did that. We did the picture. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Callie. Let's go back to three where you had it. Okay. The third thing is God is able to work powerfully in you. Isn't that something? When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So when you put the word of God in you, things will change. When you speak it out of your mouth, when you believe it in your heart, and you see th things will happen. It works powerfully in you. Isn't that good news? So if you need peace, if you need comfort, you need healing, provision, whatever you need, you believe that as you have received it, he'll work powerfully in you. And so many times you have to continue to say the word of God in you to build up that power. You know, you don't have it right away. I talk about this guy, Todd White, 
He prayed for people. He got saved. He saw somebody get healed. He said, I want to do that. I want to pray for people that they would get saved. So he would go to a store. Every day, he'd go to Walmart. Every day for 30 days. And he prayed for 10 people every day for 30 days. And guess what? Nobody got healed. Terrible. That's 300 people. He did that for uh, seven months. Over 2,000 people he prayed for, and nobody got healed. Did he give up? No. He said, Lord, I know your word is true. I know that, that there's power in your word. And so he, he got a new job where he spent a lot of time in the word of God, and he was studying. And so finally, he prayed for one person, and they got healed. And he prayed for another people, person, they got healed. He didn't give up. Effectually working in you. So let's see that picture. God, the God that made the Son is still working in you if you can receive it. Praise God. And that means you have to turn off the TV, sometimes turn off the radio, turn off, you know, put your cell phone down. Glory to God. My wife's praying that I get delivered from my cell phone. Could you pray for me? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I got to get, you know, I, I like listening to the latest news and what's happening, what the Dodgers are doing. But you know what? That's not important. That's not going to help me. Sorry, Sammy. I mean, you keep reminding me you got that jersey on. <laughs> you got to believe that God is working with us. Okay, let's look at the fourth one. He's able to keep you on God's path. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I like the way this is uh, illustrated. A lamp usually is so that you can see what steps you're taking, right? Your immediate steps. The light is for your path, something in the distance, in the future. Sometimes you can only go one step at a time. Sometimes you can only go one day at a time, one, one, one hour at a time. Lord, what do I do right now? Lord, what do you want me to do now? Help me. Help me, Lord. It's a lamp. The Word of God is a lamp to my feet, and then it'll be a light to your path. Let's look at the picture. See, after a while, you get the picture. Oh, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Praise the Lord. I know Richard and Sally had a situation where they had to make a decision, and they didn't know what to do, but they believed in the Lord that He would show them and guide them, and now they have a pathway that they know God is going to take them on. Praise the Lord. My son is doing the same thing. You have to know what God is doing. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's look at this uh, Uh, number five. Here's one I know you guys will like. It's able to keep you from sin. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, sin will separate you from the Lord. Sometimes you have secret sins. Sometimes you have sins that you, you don't know. I know uh, some people like Marietta, she has a, she likes, um, what do you call it, horror movies. <laughs> Good horror movies. Scary movies right? I don't know if that's a sin or not, but you know what? That's, it scares me. <laughs> but, you know, some people have sins that are not, you know, pleasant to the Lord, and you have to rid yourself of those things. It says here that, um, and, and how do you do that? By, it says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I may, might not sin against you. You hide it. You treasure it. You meditate on it. You you, you, you bring it close to you. It becomes you. You become it so that you can, 
not sin against the Lord. So when you go to do something that's wrong, the word pops up and says, no, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. I like my son and my wife. They don't like to do anything wrong. If there's anything that is questionable, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. No, mm-mm, no way. I mean, they're definite. It's not like, well, you know, maybe. Sometimes you swear to your own hurt. You know, they were talking about my son when he was trying to uh, get into college, and they could have, for, you know, on, on the entry form or on the uh, FAFSA to re- receive money, they could have smudged a little bit on how much income they were making. And they said, we, we, we can't do that. We have to, even though it, we have to swear to our own hurt, and we have to be truthful and honest, not like some people we know that are in the news right now. They, they went overboard in trying to sway paying $15,000, $500,000 to get their kids into school. Praise the Lord. So we have to, I, I so much like that, that they meditate and uh, keep it in your heart. Let's see the picture on that. See, this guy, this guy's got problems, doesn't he? He needs to put a little word of God on the inside of them, give him peace. Do you ever feel that way sometimes? Just get so angry. Oh, I, I can relate to that. I don't do that anymore, but I can relate to that. He looks like sometimes I feel, like what is going on here? Praise God. But when you hide the word of God in you, it'll change you. Praise the Lord. If you have anger or frustration, worry or fear, hide the word. Hide it. Hide it in your heart. Praise God. And the next one, number six, it's able to give you a song in your heart. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. You may be in a terrible situation, but you know the word of God promises you things, and when it dwells on the inside of you, you have hope, you have life, and you have a song. Let's look at this person. Isn't that nice? To, you know, just looks so good. They're so happy. They have a song in their heart. Do you have that song in your heart? Or can people tell that you have a song in your heart? Or is it like, you're like, I'm a Christian. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> no. You should, there should be an uplifted, upliftedness to you. Shouldn't there be? A song in your heart. The Bible says we're supposed to have a new song. Isn't that right? We're supposed to sing unto the Lord. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know, yes, I know. Do you know? <laughs> you got to know. <laughs> That's the way we sing in our church. You know, just drag it out. Oh, yeah, you got to know. The Lord is with, you know, <laughs> that's something that they have. It's excitement in them. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Sing unto the Lord. There's a lot of singing going up in heaven. Amen. And you're coming in with a woe is me. Lord, oh, please, can we have some singing here? Enter his courts with what? Thanksgiving and into his, uh, into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. He don't want to hear nobody just, you know, all depressed and discouraged. In fact, in the old days, if you were, if you ministered to the king and you had a down face, off with your head. They don't want no bad service, no waiters coming in being mean or having an attitude. Get rid of them. 
You know when you're at a restaurant and some people just they slap their food down on the table. I don't want to eat this. You know, give it a little, you know, joy when you give it, a little peace. Amen? Here. What am I, a dog? <laughs> I sing because I'm happy, right? I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know, yes, I know, he's watching me. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for that courtesy hand clap. I appreciate that. Okay. You know, David set this up. He had singers that would sing in the, by the uh, Ark of the Covenant all day long. He would have... Uh, at one point, he had uh, 8,000 people that were designated to be singers and musicians to the Lord. Not all at one time, but they alternated. He wanted praise to continually go up to the Lord. Why? Because he wanted to make it like, like heaven. And there's an organization now called IHOP. You ever heard of IHOP? International House of Prayer. <laughs> and there's one here in Pasadena on Lake Street they have singers 24-7 praising the Lord. Pardon me? Michelle goes there. Yeah, Michelle that sings here. I, I go there when I drop Marianne off sometimes at 10 o'clock. I just go and listen to them sing to the Lord. There's singing going on. Is there singing in your heart all the time with the Lord? Okay, number seven. It's able to cause you to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Psalms 19.8 says, The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So even though we're going through various tests and trials, we have to have the joy of the Lord. What does it say? Count of joy when you fall into all kinds of diverse temptations and, 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 uh, and temptations and trials. Because the working of your faith produces patience. Amen. You work on your rejoicing. Statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. In other words, when you have a promise, when you have the Word of God, your heart can rejoice and say, Lord, I believe you're going to make this come to pass. I believe you're going to make it, make it work. In Romans 15, 13, it says to uh, have joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace in believing. I'm just waiting on the Lord. I don't know when he's going to come through. Seems like he's taking a mighty long time. I'm ready to give up. Where are you, Lord? Lord, do you hear me? Lord, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> can I get a witness? Come on, Lord. <laughs> Don't matter how much you do all that stuff, God wants to hear his word. He wants you to thank him before it happens. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Because sometimes you thank it before it happens and it still doesn't happen. You ever been there? About ready to throw the Bible away. Say, no, this ain't working. Yes, but you can't. Do that. You, can't, you have to be mature Christians, right? Rejoice in the Lord. Let's see this girl rejoicing. There she is. You don't know what she's going through, but she's rejoicing in the Lord. Glory to God. And then it says the last scripture that we have. It's able to encourage you and give you hope. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. 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 Deferred makes the heart grow sick. Sometimes, you know, you hope, you hope, you hope. It doesn't happen. You have to have faith to believe that these scriptures are going to come to pass. It encourages you 
and give you hope through patience and comfort. You know, the, the Scriptures will give you comfort. When nothing's working, you can read the Scripture. Don't you just feel good when the, the Word of God gets settled in your heart? You know, I just love you, Lord. I love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. Let's just pause there for a moment. Receive that love that God has for us, the comfort that He has for us. Lord, I thank you that we can trust and believe in you, that you give us hope in every situation, that we know that, Lord, whatever we're facing, that, God, you're on our side. You've given us great and precious promises that through these we, we might have comfort of the Scriptures. So we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you that your word is our hope, our foundation, our reason for being, our reason for living, our reason for trusting in you, that you've written them down so that we may have them for a thousand generations, and that you're able also to bring them to pass. We thank you for it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Let's just stay, let the Holy Spirit touch your heart right now. And one of those eight things that you might need in your, in your life, grab hold of it, say, okay, I'm going to make this mine. I'm going to have rejoicing in my heart, regardless of what I'm going through. I'm going to sing, even though I don't see the answer right away. I'm going to trust in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.